You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Rachel from Green Chair Stories. She's a copywriter and documentary family photographer based in Denver, Colorado. She owns Green Chair Stories, a company committed to taking photographs and writing words that look and sound like real people. In this episode, she drops so many gems on how wedding photographers can improve the copy on their websites to book more clients that they love. As a little side note, when we recorded this episode in December, I was recovering from a cold and my voice is a reflection of that. So please forgive the not-so-ideal audio on my side and instead focus on the top-level value Rachel shares throughout the episode. It is also so kind of her to share a 15% discount code on both products in her shop. Just use IDA15, A-I-D-A-1-5 to get your hands on them. I'm not getting a kickback on your purchase. I just want you to take advantage of this incredible offer and uplevel the copy on your site. All the links and the deeds are in the show notes. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode. Rachel, I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself, saying like a little bit about what you do, all the good stuff. Sure. So I am Rachel Griman and I own Green Chair Stories. It's a small copywriting company. We write websites for photographers and that's the only thing we write. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, well, how do you make that work? And there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of photographers in the world. And most of them hate writing. So that's how we make it work. <laughs> I started doing it in like 2016, I think, after a long history of uh, copywriting in the nonprofit world. Yeah. And I've always been a photographer and a writer. I was a photojournalism major in college. And so the skill set was kind of always there, but we started developing it in 2016. And then we started hiring writers in 2018. And now we've just hired two more. So we have a team of me and my assistant and then four writers. So we write about, we work with anywhere from like 30 to 60 clients a year, depending on the year. This year was a lot. Yeah. That's like way more than I kind of imagined. That's incredible. Yes. It's a lot of people. Now I do audits too. So I'm including those people in that number, people whose sites that I just help with for one day um, and kind of give them advice about how to make their copy better. But one-to-one clients, it's probably 35 this year. Wow. That's pretty good. That's really Yeah. There's a lot. So yeah, we write websites and the process is really quick. It's about 11 days from start to finish. And most of our clients are um, wedding and family photographers, heavy on the weddings side. Okay. Yeah. So like most of us, actually, when I started out, I didn't know like there was something called actually copy. Like I just thought, like you said, writing on your website, like I just kind of said, oh, this is what I do or whatever. Like right. I didn't realize like there's a process and art to it. So like, if you can kind of like, for those people who are in my shoes, <laughs> what is copy actually? Like, can you just lay it down? Yeah, there? absolutely. So copy is words that sell. So if you see an advertisement, like a billboard or in a magazine, 
or anything that's trying to convince you to buy something. You see a lot of it now online. You're constantly being sold to whether you realize it or not. People telling you that they have the perfect process for you, that they can help you achieve something. Infomercials are basically just like audio copy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes to your website, it's the words on your site that are not content. So content is more like social media captions, blog posts, anything that you use to kind of warm up your audience to let them know what you do. Copy is when you're actually saying, here's what I do. Here's how to hire me. Here's why you should hire me. So I'm talking about like homepage, about page, pricing page, contact page, that kind of stuff. The stuff that is not as fluid and you're not really adding to it and editing it all the time. Like you do your blog. All right. Yeah. And like one thing I realized, like a lot of us notice most photographers have like similar texts on their websites, right? It's so like, absolutely. Some people copy paste it. Uh-huh. Uh, we know there's some people guilty of that. What do you notice? Like what exactly are photographers struggling with when it comes to copy? Um, I think a lot of photographers I mean, it depends what camp they're in. A lot of people have taken so many classes from different educators that they kind of forgot their own vision and what they actually Mm. want to be creating and the people they want to attract. And they see somebody who's been successful and they say, I want that life. I want that business. So they start to kind of, like you said, even if it's not copying pasting, they're really copying a lot of similar language and phrases and even processes. And then all of a sudden they have a business that isn't their creative baby anymore. It's a business that is modeled after someone else and someone else's skill set. So I think that photographers have a really hard time learning and growing from people and making it their own. So people need to be able to take advice and filter it through their own perspective and their own desires and their own skill set rather than just emulating. So, and a lot of people are like, well, what's that different about me? Like, I don't do anything different from anyone else. But if you can't answer that question, then your clients won't be able to either. So your copy needs to be able to answer the question, what makes you different from the photographer down the street? Yeah, because I mean, more and more, our skills as photographers, like there's so many talented ones out there. Mm-hmm. And like it is supposed to be something that differentiates us, especially when you say like as wedding photographers, because we're there with our clients like the whole day. And it's so important that like, we vibe together and I think it's just like that struggle of even figuring out okay how do I bring my personality out on the page mm-hmm. right because um, mm-hmm. most of us either like at school you know you're more formally trained in writing mm-hmm. right it's kind of yeah it's not as, sounding as casual or you right. know conversational yeah copywriting is not writing that's it's not yeah. writing an English paper. They're not the same thing. <laughs> and yeah. I always say like my perfect copywriting formula is your personality plus what you do for your clients equals bookings. Like Ooh. it needs to be, you can't have one without the other. It can't just be all personality. You have to make them the star of the show and you have to make them feel like you understand them from the moment they land on your site. So we're all a little narcissistic. So when we land on a site, we want to see ourselves in it 
before we're curious about who else is doing it. And you said earlier, you know, a lot of wedding photographers, there's so many talented people out there and that's true. And I think wedding photographers and family, they want to rely on their skill and they want their images to do the selling for them. But you have to imagine, like put yourself in your client's shoes, somebody who's never had professional photos taken of them, probably other than maybe their senior photos, you know, in high school. And they don't know why they like your photos. Like they can't articulate to you what they like about it. And they can't, a lot of people are just like, well, I don't know what I want. So they have to, you have to tell them with your words on your site that you know them and that you intimately understand them because that is the connection that they'll make to you as a person. And your photos are the icing on the cake, not the cake itself. Oh, yeah. And to do that, obviously, we actually need to know what kind of clients we're trying to attract, right? Mm -hmm. And there's an art to that, because obviously, for me, all the weddings that I've shot, different types of couples. So it's kind of hard to kind of like, when people talk about having this uh, avatar and ideal clients, also very difficult, actually. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm sure there's like a practical way to go about figuring that out. If you can give us a couple of tips. Yeah, no, that's my favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) Um, uh, And so some people niche by type of wedding, like they only shoot a certain like adventure elopement photographers. That's a very specific type of wedding. Some people niche by type of couple Mm. and there's all different ways to find the thread of commonality that runs through your couples just because all of their weddings might be different of the people you shoot you might be able to look at your people and be like, you know what? They all have this kind of desire for the end of their day. Like we wrote for a photographer recently who all of her couples, even though their weddings were dramatically different, their Mm -hmm. friends and family and giving their friends and family a really fun day was the top of their priority list. Like that was the most important thing to them about their wedding. And they want photos of their friends and family. There are a lot of couples out there that do not care about that. So (laughs) you, it feels like you're doing the same thing as everyone else. But when you really examine the real people that you photographed, and that's the thing about avatars, people want you to make something up. I think it's so much easier to write when you have one very real person in mind. So I always have people think of their favorite couple or maybe two couples. And then we create a one reader document. When you write copy, you want to write to one person. You don't want to write to your audience. You don't want to write to your avatar. You want to write to one person. So I usually have them pick a name of their actual favorite couple and that's who we're writing to the whole site. And then we list out an entire like one page document of their characteristics. What are their concerns? What do they care about on their wedding day? What don't they care about on their wedding day? What's their hesitation about finding a photographer? What's been frustrating about this process so far? And you just get really specific on the emotion that they're feeling when they get to the photographer's site. Some people are excited. Some people are stressed. Some people are overwhelmed. Oh, that's so So good. You need to figure out where your favorite couple was when they came to your site. And you can usually find out through the questionnaire that they send or their inquiry form. You can see exactly what emotions they were feeling when they got to you. And so that's the place that you start your copy, what they're thinking when they land. A lot of people will start looking at, and which is still a great practice. They look at their testimonials, but those are all experiences people have had with you. And so when a 
Yeah, exactly. They have the information. So you need to give people the information they need to make a decision. And yes, it's great to read reviews and put testimonials all over your site for sure. But the real piece of information you need to write your copy is what they're feeling when they land, not what they're feeling after they've worked with you. I never thought of it that way. Like it's like a light bulb moment for me right now. Oh, good. No, good. it's really good because like, of course, like I do my research about these things. And as you can imagine, people have different perspectives and it's just like, you kind of give and take, you kind of use what makes sense at the moment. But like right. that, the, the fact with the emotion of like when they land on your page, I think that says everything because mm-hmm. if, um, if they're stressed out, then like you'd want to ease those pain points right away. Right. Right. What I'm hearing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And people talk a lot about pain points in copy, which is true. If you have stressed out brides, then maybe you're talking about pain, but I think and have learned, you know, we interview our clients, clients. So I've talked to hundreds of brides and grooms over the past couple of years, and they're really excited. Most of the time, like most couples like photography is one of the most important things about their wedding day. So rather than agitating a pain that they don't have right away, like that can absolutely be on the page, but it should be lower. You want to jump into the joy they're feeling, you know, you want to tell them how excited you are and you need to understand that they want to feel excitement from their photographer. That's crucial to them. So I've seen a bunch of these websites jump in and be like, oh, wedding planning is so stressful. And it's like the first thing I read on their site. And I'm like, that's fine, but put that down on the page a little bit more. Like you want to meet them where they're at, which most of the time is excitement. Yeah. So like, I was just matching that to, you said if like most of their clients are leaning towards that, then they can use that. But obviously, like you said, like, yeah, you need to, you know, you need to find out where the yours are. Yeah, because yeah. some not everybody's excited, not everybody's stressed. So that's why the one reader research is so important because that's where you find it. And you can do that just by sending an email to your past clients and be like, hey, what emotion were you feeling when you were looking for photographers? Like, how did you feel when you landed on people's sites? Yeah, I mean, because like, there's no reason for us to just guess. And I think like when we yes. talk about ideal clients, we're kind of, dreaming about like the type of person we want to have instead mm-hmm. of being grounded in reality of who's actually coming to us and I think yes. once we've photographed a few weddings in there is definitely a couple at least where we're mm-hmm. like okay that was pretty awesome and like right want to keep attracting attracting that type of person right yes and I think the term avatar and all these exercises mm-hmm. to come up with your ideal client they come because big corporations like Coke and Pepsi and Walmart they have like 12 different avatars that they're trying to market to because yeah. they do billions of dollars in sales every year that's not like I'm all about taking the practices from corporate and applying it to our businesses mm-hmm. but we also have to be realistic that our avatars are not buying a product. They are buying an experience from us and they are buying a service. This is not a 99 cent purchase from a vending machine. This is the most money they'll spend on their wedding day. Sometimes, you know, this could be the biggest purchase they've ever made in their life at this point. So using those kind of like trite exercises don't make any sense to me, but they're really easy to download on Pinterest. So I think that's why a lot of people create them. I hear you. I hear you. But like, how can we go about like as photographers, like really nailing down, okay, who am I? Like, how can, which or which parts of my personality do I bring out, you know? Right. 
how do I kind of communicate that? Like, how right. do you do that? I mean, again, I love what you said, grounded in reality. That's what I always say. Like, bring it back to the real world. When you write something, say it out loud, make sure it sounds comfortable coming out of your mouth, because Mm. if it doesn't, then that's not grounded in reality. That's not who you are. So I think it's really important to pull on your real experiences. What are the things that you find yourself joking around about with your couples the most or talking about the most, what you half of being a photographer is being good at talking and being good at building rapport. Like that's such an important part of your job. So I always tell people, think back to your favorite engagement sessions or your favorite wedding days. What did you talk about the whole time? What jokes were you making? What were you relating on or inquiry calls when you're first meeting a couple? What is the thing that makes them go? Yes, you're it. What's the thing you say that pushes them over the edge? What's the part of your experience that is like, Oh, I got to have that from your clients. That's what goes on your pricing page. That's what goes on your experience page. So you just pull the things out that have already worked well for you in your business. And that's why in the beginning of your business, copy is fluid. You don't have enough reality. You haven't Mm. shot enough weddings yet to know the answers to the things that I'm saying. Like, what do you relate with your clients on? So it's like, you are guessing at first you're doing your best but you're guessing if you're a year into business, you write your copy. And then six months later, after you shot more weddings, you're like, okay, let's reevaluate. Let's see how I can make this better, more personal. So I think copy as you grow as a business person, it evolves slowly, but surely and steadily. And it's getting more and more specific. Like I, I think if you think of it like a funnel yeah, at the very top is when you start your business and you're kind of a catch-all because you don't really know who you want to work with yet. But with every wedding you shoot, you can get more specific about what you do and don't want to do until you perfect it to the bottom of that funnel when it's really nice and tight and extremely specific. Oh yeah. Like this brings me back to like, I had, um, I'm not sure you know him. Uh, his name is Bjorn. He's German, a photographer. I had him on the podcast and he was talking about how he changed his copy because he realized in order to kind of repel clients that he didn't want, he had, he had written what he doesn't want and realized like it kind of yep. gave a negative vibe and re- he decided to reformulate it in more of like a positive tone because like mm-hmm. there's it's also floating in the industry everywhere about like attract and repel attract and repel but I think like there's an art to doing it without like leaving this kind of negative feeling right when oh yeah lands where they don't feel like oh gosh yes you I can know. repel people by saying something really positive yeah totally like it and doesn't... I think that's a better way to go about it absolutely like a lot of people like we had a client in the south who was like an LGBTQ plus photographer. That's who she wanted to focus on. And Mm -hmm. so that was all over her website in a celebration, like it was a celebration of love all over her website. And that we loved writing it, but that's going to repel a lot of people where she's from. And that's intentional. She wants them to be gone and she wasn't hateful. She wasn't mean. She wasn't crass. She was just real about who she was and who she wanted to serve. And that naturally will repel people. It doesn't need to be like, I do not do X, Y, and Z. You know, (laughs) that's a great point. You don't, you never want to write copy with the spin of negative that said, go ahead, go ahead. It was like, it was a similar topic. Um, don't call me on this, but I think he said like, initially he had something along the lines of like, I am against sexism or something. And now he's, he's writing more like he's about feminism. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. 
But an exercise that we have all of our clients do is we have them list, make the list as long as possible of who they, what they don't do and who they don't serve. Because knowing that helps give them perspective, because if we write something for them, they can go back to that list and be like, you know what? I don't do that. So let's take it out. And it's really a, it's a good exercise to do because people don't often realize what all they don't want to do. Like they're so afraid of saying no to work that they don't want to put limitations on who they serve and having them do that really clarifies for them what they want to be doing and the business they want to be running. Yeah. So, I mean, like the ideal time to actually approach a copywriter is once you've been in your business for a little bit, like, would you say minimum a year or like better yet, like two years to three, like, because it takes time. Like it took me a while. I feel like I'm always still in the process of it, but absolutely. um, Yeah. What's your advice when it comes to that? That's a great question. I, it depends on how your first year went. Like I've written for some photographers that have only been in business a year, but they've shot you know, second shot, 20 weddings and shot 30 of their Mm. own. So that's somebody with a lot of experience. So I would almost put a number of weddings on it. I'm not going to ever take someone's money if they've shot less than 10 weddings, Mm. you know, that's just not enough information. And so I have a guide, like a DIY, do it yourself, write your own copy. So when people come to me and I just, I can tell from their portfolio and from their inquiry that they just aren't experienced enough. That's where I send them. I'm like, don't spend thousands of dollars, spend a couple hundred bucks, do it on your own, get right. it as good as you can. And then come back to me in a year and we can talk about it then. It's not that I don't want to help people. I absolutely do. I just don't think it's a good use of funds. You know, it's, you'd be much better off spending your money on, you know, improving your equipment or education, you know, it's just copy is not one of those investments to make in your first year or two of business. I would definitely say it's more of like a three to five year investment. Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense because like you're still evolving, you're still figuring Mm -hmm. it out and Mm -hmm. it just wouldn't make sense. Cause like a lot of people also end up rebranding and then hundred percent scratch, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And especially that first five years, people are rebranding constantly to elevate and to kind of figure out who they're trying to serve. But yeah, I, I think copy can be so important and people often think that they want to hire a copywriter because they want to make more money, but more and more I'm seeing people come to us because they did say yes to everything in the beginning yeah. of their business. Mm-hmm. And they're more like eight, 10 years in. And they're like, I can't do another barn wedding in <laughs> I, the country. You know, and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they actually want to hire us to help them get more of the clients they love. They have enough business. It's just not with the people that they want. That is the kind of copy we like to write. Obviously our copy will make you more money too. That's a guarantee. But I think the real driver for a lot of people to reach out is because they, they are not reaching the people that they want to reach and their inquiries, they get an inquiry and they're like, oh, darn it. Yeah. That's not what I'm into rather than, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to photograph these people. So that is what I think, where I think copy really transforms your business because it makes your work more fun. I hear you. Like, you know, as every time I feel like I'm changing my website, like not only the copy, but even the design, uh, Mm. the portfolio and stuff, I notice a change in the increase coming in. But sometimes I always feel like, hey, 
how did this one slip through the cracks? Because I'm like, how did you feel like I'm the right photographer for you? Like, it's totally a mismatch. But I think we just all need to deal with it because surprisingly, like some people actually don't even bother. They just go to the contact page, it seems. But hey. Oh, yeah. Some people do. Well, and I think with Instagram, that happens a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. Is that people will find a feed and be like, Oh, I'm so into this. And then reach out without reading anything. But that is why your contact page is still really important. People throw away that page a lot as if, and it's all the same copy. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to talk to you. Get back to you within 48 hours. Like all, they all say the same thing, but your contact page is your last opportunity to show personality and to repel people that you don't want to be there. Please tell me more because my contact page is as bare as you just said. It's like yes, so exactly. straightforward. Like, yeah. So you just add more text to kind of make sure you're yep. filtering out right there, huh? Yes. Yes. Well, filtering out and getting a hell yes from the people who you want there. It's mm. twofold. So I, I always say you're with your home opening section, your opening headline, your opening paragraph, you're um, opening a loop, an idea. You know, if you think about, um, let's say you painted the picture of their wedding day in that opening section, Mm -hmm. like picture yourself doing this, your contact page is where you close that loop because if people are ever going to skip to something, it's the contact page. So if they only read the homepage opening and the contact page, those should be related in Uh some way, shape or form. Those should tie into one another. So I always say, if you say something really funny all the time, like if you have like a catchphrase or a signature or something that should go on the contact page somewhere because people just throw it away as if like, oh, nobody reads this anyway. And maybe they won't, but often they do. Wow. Cool. Like, all right. My next question is really about like the CTAs on your website, you know, call to action. I hear that like you're supposed to have it everywhere sometimes I feel like, okay, is that like a super overload? Another thing, like I'm based in Germany. And what I always consider is that a lot of the, you know, content information that I get is from people based in the US, a totally different culture, you know, how things are. And then I'm like, oh my God, I feel like, oh, Germans would totally be annoyed if they're just seeing like, get in touch here, contact here. Right. What is like the perfect balance? Or like, is there a kind of a rule of thumb of saying, hey, at least one CTA at the bottom of every page or like, how do you go about that? Like, what's your reasoning for it? Yeah, so a homepage now, they should always scroll. Like, you know, even five years ago, I feel like they didn't scroll. They were just these galleries and it was like a menu at the top. And that is like, we scroll all day, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, Like all we do is scroll. That's how we consume content. So you need to give somebody's thumb something to scroll to on your homepage. Mm -hmm. So the way we design ours is we lay it out as if it's a whole mini website on your homepage in case they never navigate to anything else. So you want to give them a little glimpse into all the interior pages and make Mm -hmm. it visually interesting and different sections. And then there's a CTA to those interior pages all the way down the page. So it's not like contact, contact, contact over and over. Yeah. So you want to give people an opportunity to get to the contact page. Um, Once you're on the interior pages, every interior page should lead to the contact page for sure. But you need to build a case for them to do that on every page. Your copy should slowly build to them being like, okay, I'm in. You know, that's a common 
CTA button that we use. Okay, I'm in because it's like you've been convincing them, convincing them, convincing them. Okay, let's do this. And I don't think they need to be aggressively everywhere, but if they're conversational and they apply and you're writing copy that leads to an ask, Mm -hmm. then it's going to feel natural and the flow will feel natural. Oh, yeah. But you shouldn't have them like next to each other. Totally makes sense. Like when you describe like the homepage of how you could just like lead people just made me think of actually that's what my website does. But yeah, because a lot I of the bought, templates will Yeah, do I bought that. a template yeah. from like she's an incredible designer. It's a Squarespace template and she specifically made it for photographers. Uh-huh. And it's it's thought through with that yep. in mind. I mean, for me, I was just kind of let me call it plug and play. I was just kind of like, oh, she can't have right. this and I'll just put these things in it. But it totally makes sense that like you scroll the whole way through and then like if you want, like here's a little bit of portfolio if you want to go, go there. And then in the end, it's like the contact form. So yep. either they can do it right there or then again, I have the pages for that. So right. incredible. Like, I mean, maybe you can talk about like, do you work with a designer when you're writing copy? Like, is there like, you know, or are you just working with, the photographers, the template they already have, or like, how does that go for you? It totally depends. Every photographer is in a different spot. Um, More and more, especially this year, we're working with a lot more uh, photographers who are rebranding. So they already have a designer and then Mm -hmm. they come to us and they're like, we're in the final phases of design. Can you write our copy? Which is like the worst thing to do. If you, (laughs) if possible, you always want the copy to come first. The copy should lead the design, not the other way around. And a good copywriter will be able to speak into the design. So now it's feasible. We do it all the time with people who don't have the budget to hire a designer and they just have a really good template. We will write somewhat within the template, but templates are customizable. So we'll be like, you need to add a section here you need to do this. But very, very rarely are we writing for someone who doesn't have some type of professional design involved. Um, We have some great relationships with designers who I love that Mm -hmm. we go back to again and again, because some people come to me first and they're like, we want to hire a designer, but we don't know who to hire. Oh, so good. And there's so many different mediums. You have show it, you have WordPress, you have ProPhoto, you have Squarespace. Like there's so many different people for each platform. Mm -hmm. And so I have a whole list of designers that I use for every single different platform that I've worked with before and love using. So yeah, it is varied, but our process does not change at all, depending on if they have a designer or not, it's up to them to make it work in the schedule. Incredible. Like, so earlier you mentioned you need, like when you do the whole thing, just 11 days. Yes. Yes. So So we intensely working with one person. Yes. Because we love, I don't want two voices in my head at one time. I want to write for one person. Mm -hmm. I, if, if I am writing for Stephanie, I want her voice alone to be in my brain. And we structured it that way. Honestly, I did it because I was pregnant and I didn't want to run into a time where, oh, I gave birth early and now I'm in the middle of this copy project. Right. You know, I was like, okay, how can I make this as short and sweet as possible? So it made a lot of sense to be like, okay, we only work with one client at a time. And 
So my writers only work with one client at a time. I might be overseeing all the projects, but they only have one person in the brain Mm -hmm. and they start their calls on Mondays and then they deliver the first draft the following Monday. And then the client has an opportunity to edit as much as they want with them from Monday through Friday. So it's just a Monday through the following Friday situation. And we cram a lot in there, but the writer does a bunch of research over the weekend before that call. They have interviewed their past clients Um, they've scoured their social media, read every review ever left for them. They come to the call on Monday with a list of questions and they're really just refining the direction. They're not starting the messaging. Then the messaging train has already been started a long time before that. Wow. That's incredible. So like, um, I saw that like you have three packages. So we already talked Mm -hmm. about like the DIY one and then this is like the full out, like what's the middle, like the middle is the audits. yeah, Yeah. Okay. So it's called a green chair glow up because it basically is just glowing up what you already have. You bring me your copy. You have done your very, very best. This is your A plus effort on this copy. And then I comb through it for several hours before I jump on a call with the client. And then I talk to them for an hour, ask more questions, see, you know, get clarity on why they wrote certain things and basically give them a ton of suggestions about what to change it both in the design and in the copy. And I'll write several lines of copy for them too, that they can use if they want. Um, But usually they just walk away from that with homework of how to fix their website and how (laughs) to make it because it's little things like this one is so common. Almost every photographer who comes to me for an audit, the first thing on their homepage is about them. And it's like, that is like sex on the first date, you know, like there's no <laughs> warm up for that. Yeah. You, you, people don't care about you yet. How can you help them? That's what you're answering. Like you need to meet them where they're at, figure out what they're feeling, speak into that. And then a couple scrolls down, we can get to you. So that's like a really common one on photographer sites that I see often for glow ups. So then it's helping them come up with, okay, what goes in that first paragraph? Mm -hmm. Can you call Rebecca, your past client and ask her how she felt when she landed on your site? Like come back to me with those words and we'll come up with something there. So the audit is a much faster and much less expensive way um, to get my full attention. Oh, that's good. Because like, then you don't have to start from scratch and mostly- People are happy with what's there, but yes. it's kind of refining it. When you're doing it professionally and done it for like a hundred photographers, you yes. know exactly what to look for. And there's like a process for you, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And these are a lot of photographers who their inquiry says, I'm really good at writing, but, and they are usually they're very good at writing. I just did one for a birth photographer last week and she was a beautiful writer, like her ideas were truly stunning and I loved reading it, but it was prose, you know, it was almost poetic. And I was like, this is so good, but it's not selling anyone anything. Right. It's not. So, (laughs) yeah. So it basically is taking people who they know what they want to say. They just don't know how to lay it out or how to organize it on a site to make people go. Yeah. I want to buy that. All right. So what do you think of, um, story brand by Don? Okay. Like, yeah. Because like, I feel like I love this book. I've gone through it forever, like many, many times. But I feel like for a product, I can totally see how that goes. But like for a service experience, like, can you integrate that? Like for photography? Yeah, yeah. I have mixed feelings about StoryBrand. I mean, like, I'm not about to disparage like a like best-selling book. You know, obviously (laughs) it's worked for people. Like it's a good 
it is, it's a framework. That's the thing. Everybody selling a book about copywriting or marketing is selling their own framework and their own opinion of copywriting principles that are a hundred years old. Like there's a lot in story brand that is dead on, like making your client the hero. I basically said that earlier in the video or in the uh, podcast, like making your client feel like we're all a little narcissistic. We want to feel seen and heard. That's basically yeah. what Donald Miller it's is pretty saying. Pretty much like uh, Marie Forleo talks about like the spotlight method. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's just a different word. In different words, right? Yeah. So, and that's what I mean by people all gathering information from teachers and not applying it to their own business. Yeah. Like somebody, there are so many photographers out there and I have worked with a lot of them who take everything Donald Miller has ever written as Bible. And Mm. something that I have a really hard time with is he talks about, there needs to be a villain in the story. And that's how you agitate pain points. And while yes, I agree, like pain points need to be discussed. There's not always a villain for a wedding. Yeah, I was just like, what is the is the villain like? I don't know. Yeah, not it can work. Photos <laughs> well, sometimes, yeah, or like not having like photographs that you love at the end of the day, or right. missing memories that can be the villain. Like there are definitely ways to do it. Mm-hmm. I just again, I call them joy points. Like you want to hit joy points so much harder if you're a photographer than the pain that. points. And so good. Donald Miller might disagree with me if I'm being completely honest. Okay. He has a lot more money than me. So listen to whoever you want, but I've just, I've seen it work well for people to have a villain on their site. If they're in a very specific niche in photography, Mm -hmm. I do not think it should work that way for everyone because some brides and grooms or grooms and grooms or brides and brides are not concerned about that. Like they just want to have a really good time. They don't want to talk about the hard stuff. That's they just right. go up. Like they're not angry about anything. You don't <laughs> need to villainize something and fabricate anger. So right. yes, story brand takes the 100 year old copywriting principles that everyone's talking about in different words and distills it in a very easy to digest formula. Yeah. I think some of it is extremely applicable to photographers. I do not think all of it should be taken as Bible, but I would say that I would say that about myself. Like, don't listen to everything I say. I'm not, I might not be for you, you know? Totally. Like, um, I just didn't get a chance to uh, write a comment on your latest post. I had seen oh, it, thanks. but my like daughter was doing something because I totally love what you said about, let's say educators who just kind of say, take what I say word to word, like this mm-hmm. is how it works. And that really kind of it gets to me because I'm like, no, honestly, that's not applicable to my situation. Uh-uh. No. And all. I've worked with so many photographers that my whole job is to help people figure out what makes them different and what makes their client different. Yeah. So to hear educators say, this is the only way to do something is wild to me. Yeah, because I've 100%. seen how different everyone, everyone's businesses are. And I see yeah. how different, differently they need to speak to their ideal clients. It's yeah. a completely different voice, even for people in the same specific niche, they're trying to serve different people who want the same outcome. Yeah. And, but they want a different process to get to it. So to listen to educators say, this is the only way it works is ludicrous to me. Now, some, I love when educators are say, Hey, this is my exact formula that Mm -hmm. I did. 
here is how you could make that applicable to you. And they don't say it's the only way they're just speaking out of experience, but you need to remember that most educators have had one experience. So you need to be able to filter. And a lot of people who come to me have not filtered and I open their site and I say, Oh, I can see you've taken so-and-so's course. Like, and I can tell just from (laughs) reading your website. Yeah. And which is fine, but it's like, and I think a lot of educators don't mean it to be, this isn't a diss on them. No, 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 it's really not. And it's just like, just for them to be aware, because there are some people who just don't know better and absolutely exactly how it is. And I think like, it's just smart to keep in mind, like we're in a global economy right now. Like they're reaching so many people, so many Mm -hmm. of us all over. Mm-hmm. And it, it plays a huge difference because we're operating in different markets as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, there are so many takeaways for myself at this point. Good. Like, I'm, I'm so glad. Well, so read, glad. but like, um, another thing I really love was like, I was on your site and I was going through your photography oh, yeah. part of it and just reading about how you do family photography. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why? Like, I should be in Colorado because I wanted to book you right there. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so glad. To wanting to book her, like, and I just saw how that worked and how you broke it down. Right. Because like, especially when it comes to family photography, of course, people can do anything they wanted, but mostly they're dressed up and it's posed and it's just like oh my that gosh, moment yeah. time. But like, I, what I just love these everyday moments Oh yeah. And to look back on and just hold on to and just like how you brought that across. It had me sold. Like I just oh that's so good. I'm so glad. I get to shoot so much less now because of COVID. Like it's kind of a hard time to go into people's homes. But yeah, I think, but my site is a great example of somebody who doesn't want that kind of image is going to be repelled very quickly. Yeah. Like somebody who doesn't want to be photographed first thing in the morning before they have makeup on is never going to hire me. And right. that's fine. That's totally okay. There's so many photographers out there that will take you into a field at golden hour and yeah. shoot you in your best clothing and your best light. Mm-hmm. And I would love for them to do that for you because I'm not good at that. Right. So, <laughs> but that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because that is such a specific client that I'm writing to you happen to be it but yeah. if you if that wasn't your your style you would have been turned off so that should That's be the, the point truth. of anybody's copy you know you want to think about the people you don't want to work with then you need to put their hat on and read your copy yeah. and be like would I be turned off by this yes then you did mm-hmm. it right <laughs> just to wrap things up like do you have like one golden advice for photographers <laughs> in terms I know that's hard but like kind of like you can do this today and it's already made your website copy better. Like a one thing, like they could take. Yeah. I kind of already gave this piece of advice, but think of your favorite client, open Mm -hmm. up your website and read through your site, at least your homepage as if you were her, Mm. how would she feel about it? And if you want to go a step further, send her your website, like maybe make some edits with some assumptions about what you think she was feeling when she landed there. And I keep using she, because it's almost always the bride that reaches out to couples or to photographers, but, um, put yourself in her shoes and rewrite some things on your homepage and then send Mm -hmm. it to her and see what she thinks. See if it feels like you're hitting the nail on the head for her, because if you write to somebody who you loved working with and it resonates with her it's going to get more people like her in the door. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Um, just to finish up, like 
I did download it. You do have a freebie to help photographers yes. out, right? Yep. But they can just head over to your site. Like if you yes. can let us know your website, your socials, everything, yep. that'd be awesome. It's just greenchairstories.com. And then my handle on Instagram is the same at green chair stories. And if you go down to the footer, there's a freebie you can download to kind of help you figure out what perspective to write from every time you try to write copy from your business. It help. It's an exercise that walks you through how to find your own lens to look through. That's awesome. Rachel, thank you so, so much. You thank you great. for having me. This was so fun. Oh, it was fun for me too. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.